You're listening to Plants and Me, the podcast that is all about plants, gardening, and the people who are passionate about them, with your host, Alan Lodge. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good day. Welcome to the podcast, everybody, depending when you're joining us. Today on the podcast, we're talking all about sowing seeds, and you can join us on our nursery where we show you how to sow seeds, um, how best to get results from them, a few different ways of doing it, um, a few different seeds, and we're also showing you how we do it on the nursery, um, and we talk through that. That's a very, very loud sequence, so we apologize for the background noise. We've cut back on it as best we possibly can, but the reality is it's a very, very loud machine. Um, uh, the interesting thing about it is the system's very, very similar to how you would do it at home, just on much bigger scale and just quicker, basically. I'm joining you from our propagation greenhouse, surrounded by hundreds of thousands of seedlings that are about to start their life. Uh, a lot of them are poking through the ground and they're, they're really raring to go, same as we are in, in the horticultural world and anyone who's got a garden actually raring to get, get planted. Um, it's a great time of year to start thinking about seeds and the perfect time of year to start going through how best to do it. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. We've also done a section on a bit of horticultural jargon, if that's the right word. Um, some of the terms that come up when you're searching online and looking into sowing seeds. So we sort of explain what, what some of those are. On the podcast today, it's myself, I'm Alan, um, and my father, Ray Lodge, um, and he's talking over how he does the seeds and stuff like that. So I hope you enjoy it. I'm sure we're going to get a lot from it. So without further ado, let's start the podcast. Today we want to talk to you about sowing seeds and we're going to take you right through the process. We're also going to talk about how you do it at home and how we do it on the nursery as well. We'll show you that a little bit later. Um, so what have we got here? We've got lots of different types of seeds. So we've got different sorts of seeds. Today, the ones we picked just to show as a demonstration is coriander, uh, some parsley, uh, some runner beans and some courgettes. Yep. Uh, we pick those because there's often can be slightly different ways of sowing. And then we've got uh, plug trays, which have the individual holes. Uh, we've got uh, polythene top, so uh, can go over the top for keeping the moisture. It's almost like a mini greenhouse, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the tray goes in, and then actually we've got a tray here, which is largely to simulate the idea of one of the sowing types. Yeah, which we normally say you'd put straight in the ground, but that's to simulate it where we are now. Yeah, and you've you've got soil in here. Yep. Um, so let's talk a little bit about soil. Okay. Soil often called compost. Compost can be slightly um, ambiguous because I think a lot of people will think of compost as just what they've done in the garden and composted. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting you just get your normal garden compost and, and sow straight in it. Uh, so this we class more as soil yeah. because it is a mixture of uh, different ingredients. It's not pure compost where you don't know what the feeding rate is. And potentially for seeds, you want something that's quite low feeding. So you compost straight out of your compost heap will potentially just be too rich, uh, too much feed in it. And, and the poor little roots all just burn as they go down first. Yeah, and the way I always like to think about it is that when you have a baby, yeah. you don't give them steak and chips yeah. because steak and chips, they're just not going to be able to digest it. I mean, dog, 
uh, animals are animals. <laughs> plants. Plants aren't digesting it, obviously, but yeah. it, it basically can burn the roots, and we we've seen that firsthand. It can it can really yeah. do yeah. damage. Yeah. In fact, often <laughs> we've spoken to people where they've wanted to be really nice to their plants, yeah. and they think oh, I'm going to give it a nice little horse manure or something like that, mm. and it's just too rich, and it's just yeah. killed it. And there's a time for that, but it needs to be old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with what what seed are we going to start with? So let's start with uh, something that's going to go in the pot, something like coriander which we would suggest you put straight in pots and we do as well and we do put pots straight in pots but we'll do it often by machine which we might show you later uh, this so with the pot literally we're filling the soil up the top and what you're looking for is a nice level surface if it ends up so if you fill it to the top and then slightly tap it that'll just slightly take it down below the surface which makes it slightly easier uh, this tray is purely to make it so it's easy to hold a few pots And all I'm doing is smoothing that top, tapping it down just to get slightly lower in the soil. And that's, uh, what's that, an eight centimetre pot? That one's actually an eight, eight and a half to nine. Um, but that's the sort of size pot uh, in old money, about three inch. Okay, and right. you can't be too big, can't be too small? You, you can't be too big, too small, but in reality, practically, you don't really need much bigger. Yeah. Uh, you can get to the point where you're just wasting it. It's just like a huge pot. Yeah. You have little tiny seedlings in it and you're just wasting it. Something uh, like um, coriander we're doing here, if you want to sow it early in the season, you might want to be keeping it on the windowsill. Yeah. So you clearly want a pot that's easy to look after on the windowsill, mm. not one that's just way too big. So you'd be better off having a few pots this size rather than having one massive pot. It's a choice thing, but personally, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, personally. Uh, I think one of the other things then you have to watch, I've just used, done all of the filling of the soil. Yeah. And then I've got soil, probably a lot of moisture over my hands. Mm. What I don't really want to do is put a lot of moisture with the seed. Yeah. No problem with the ones I'm sowing, but if I want some seed back, yeah. I don't want to put wet seed back into the packet because then it's going to ruin the seed for the next sow. Isn't that what jumpers are for? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is some coriander we've got. This is where I open the packet and spill it everywhere. Now I've heard people say that you don't want to put the seed on your hand because yeah. there's enough oil and stuff in your hand that it stops it from germinating. Right. I don't know that's true. Certainly, we certainly when we're doing small quantities, we'll just cup a hand and put some on the hand. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever known it happen? I mean, you wouldn't necessarily know why something hasn't worked. Yeah. But so I know I haven't. I've never noticed it. And roughly speaking, you're 61, 62? Yeah, I should know that, you're my dad. Bit more, but, you know, <laughs> let's go too high. Okay, let's go a bit low. <laughs> and you've been sowing seeds since, probably if you're the same as me, since you're about 10? Yeah, I'd certainly play with it, with crescent things, clearly doing crescent. Yeah. You know, messing crescent on, on blotting paper that we used to use years ago. So we're gonna go fairly fairly safe to say that <coughs> certainly coriander and herb seeds and stuff like that, they don't seem to be yeah. affected. I suspect there are some seeds which are much more difficult to germinate, much more delicate that potentially it's an issue. Yeah. Okay. So you've got, uh, so I've got how many you got there? 400, 500? Well, we don't think there's quite that many. Uh, we don't want to count them, but certainly you're talking a couple of hundred, aren't you? Yeah. And there's probably too many there, which is yeah. demonstrating what I mean about the fact that if I choose then to put this back in the packet mm. and this hand is totally wet, yeah. even the moisture I have got in my hand will be an effect. 
Yeah, potentially. Okay. So, 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 ideally, you only pour out what you're going to use. Okay. Okay. So then, again, you're back to a choice thing. Some people will use the other hand and then just pick up little pinches and drop seeds all over the top. So, in, a, in pots like this, you're probably talking about in the region of, I would go for about 20 to 30 seeds per pot. Yeah, and something people often worry about when I look over the seeds in this pot, you've got areas where there aren't many because yeah. you put them over and maybe you're going to do something about that, but you've got areas where there's lots and lots of seed. Is is that a concern, especially for coriander? I think if, if I was looking more on doing it for myself, careful about a pot, yeah. I'd try and be careful and get them all so they're separated, not in one area. Mm -hmm where I'm just a bit lazier. <laughs> I just drop them and spread them roughly right. Both will work. The ideal would be all separate, all in a little space. It's not a problem with what I've done, as long as I don't put all of them in one corner. I mean, that pot there, as you can see, we probably can't see with the camera. Mm -hmm. It's got, I can't tip it up because the seeds will all roll to the side. Yeah. Um, but it's got a little bit of hole. So I personally would just say, okay, I'll put a few more seeds in there and just put a few more seeds around the edge. And something I've seen uh, when we have new members of staff that start on the nursery and when we've taught people to sow seeds, yeah. the first thing they would do once they've done that, even without knowing it, will start pressing them down. Yeah, they will. It will. Um, and, and I could. I could press them down. Wouldn't be a problem. Uh, going back years ago, we would actually have a little press, which would press them so they're just into the surface. Mm. That was more about, I think, not let them move around while you're working with them than it is actually anything else. And I suppose an element, you then end up with a nice level surface mm -hmm. to covering. And then what with coriander, I would just get a little bit of soil. Realistically, I would have got sieve or something and got finer soil, yeah. so it's easier. But coriander comes up quite easily, so it's not too difficult. Yeah. And then I just put a little covering over the top. Now, so you just you almost just sprinkling now, almost like yeah. you would sand at a beach. Exactly, exactly. And I, and the advantage of slightly pressing it into the seed into the soil before you do it is that now I'm able to slightly, very gently put soil over the top yeah. and move it around a bit without actually moving my seed. And you're taking that that level of soil. Are you are you worrying about how much soil's going on top? I'm. Do not specifically take it to the top of the pot. Right. As a general guide, which I don't know whether it's completely foolproof, and I think it isn't full, completely foolproof, if you don't know how deep to put your seed or how much soil to put above it, mm. I've always thought a good guide is the depth of the seed yeah. is about the same depth of the soil above. Okay, so if you've got... Um if you've got a tennis ball seed, I don't know yeah. what seed would yeah, be yeah, a tennis yeah. ball, but you've got one that's about that deep. Yeah. Um, for, and for people that aren't listening on the podcast, they're watching on the video, it's much easier to see. Yeah, yeah. You'd put the same depth of a tennis ball above it. Yeah, roughly. that sort of guide. It's not foolproof, but it, no. it can be a good guide. No, and actually I think in a demonstration it's not foolproof because you're going to do some runner beans in a minute. Yeah. And I'm going to put a lot deeper than okay. what the size of runner beans is. Okay. Yeah, but okay. That, that's, I think, if you're not sure, that's a good starting point. Mm -hmm. And you're going to obviously cover that one up with soil as well. Yeah. The aftercare for for this, for the coriander, the watering, etc., is that the same across all of the, the seeds we're going to sow? Yeah, I think all the ones we're sowing, yes, it is. Okay. It is, um, yeah. It is. So, shall we look at another seed? Yeah. Yeah. 
and this is where, I de as I demonstrated, it's not what I'd recommend, but you wouldn't have pulled out so much seed, but I'd put that back in the packet. Because that's gonna be so delicate to do while I'm on camera, I'm gonna stick them in another pot and then pick them up later. Okay, right. Okay, so, another one that's going in pots. I think it's clearly going to go in the garden in the end, which is run the beans. Yeah. But I just, I prefer starting them off in a pot, growing a plant, you can start really early if you choose to, put them in a cold glass house if you've got a chance, uh, and then you've just got an earlier plant established before you want to go anywhere. Hmm. And we're not known for this type of product anymore, but this is something I grew up us selling, and probably you grew up with, yep. with Grandad selling, yes. I guess. Lots. Okay. Yeah. yeah, lots. You'll probably remember your mother sewing loads and loads of them. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, and that's probably why she's not doing the recording, because she's sick to death of sewing <laughs> yeah. run of beans. Right, so I've poured out yeah. some seeds there. So you've got what, how many there? 15. 10, 15, yeah, yeah somewhere there. Now with runner beans, you've got options. You could fill your soil right at the top, mm -hmm. and you could poke holes and drop your soil in the beans in the holes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, well, how I would suggest you do it, is that you probably put about a third of soil. Yeah. So in a pot that's here, we've got a pot that's about um, eight, nine centimetres deep. And, and so I think you're putting about two or three centimetres in the bottom soil. Yeah. And then you put the seeds in the top. Um, and how many would you put in that? So in this size pot, I'd put about nine to 10. Okay. But having said that, and I have to pull myself back slightly, mm -hmm. I'd put nine or 10, because that's how we used to do it when we were selling them. <laughs> so people separate them. If I was doing it for myself, purely for myself, mm. I'd put one or two in. Okay. Because I would then prefer to put one or two in a pot, but do nine or 10 pots. Yeah. Because it's easier then when I come to plant them out, plant them out. Mm. When I pull them, pull the pot off the top, bottom of the, the rooted plant, mm. I've got individual plants to pot. I'm not pulling them apart to plant them. Okay. So actually for, doing them yep. yourself at home, I'd go one or two. And I say one or two in the sense that you could have two, maybe three plants right next to each other growing, no problem at all. Mm -hmm. If you put one in and you happen to have one that's not going to germinate, you've just wasted your pot. Yeah, okay. So, so let's go for three in this one. And I don't know whether it would be the case for, you've put three, three seeds in there, whether yep. it be the case for something like this, but when we used to grow them commercially, one big downside to runner beans, when they start chitting, and we're gonna go through some of the uh, interesting words in horticulture yes. after this, when they start chitting, they actually push the soil out. Yes. Would that be the case if you with less seeds in, or is that just because we had 15? It won't be as bad. Right. But yeah, you're, you can probably remember as we were a child, we'd have stacks of boxes all sown, yeah. and if you didn't lay them down quick enough, the seed would literally push a stack over, because yeah. it would lift it, the stack to so much, even the bottom one would lift enough, it would just tip the whole stack over. Yeah, and that yeah. was before YouTube, so we couldn't actually yeah, show that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, then, then all I'm doing is just filling to the top. Okay. Not doing anything more elaborate, just filling to the top, and that's it. And you're gonna tap that one down? Can do, don't care if I don't. Because in the end, one of the dangers I think with with we find with a lot of people is the temptation is to push everything down too yeah. hard. We will rarely push down mm. stuff at all yeah. because the watering will put it down enough. And I think one of the dangers is, and that's why I suggest tapping rather than pushing it down with fingers. Because if you push it down with fingers, the temptation is to push too hard. And it's quite interesting actually, because, um, and you probably would have seen it when I was younger, and I now see it with, with my children. Yeah. 
it seems inbuilt. Yeah, it starts from a very early age, this pushing in. It doesn't appear to be anything that people are shown. I think it's less of an issue with sowing, but when you come to potting up a plant, mm. we'll have, we've had in the past new members of staff, and you have to stop them from yeah. pushing the soil down so hard. So then you end up with a pot of soil that's been rammed in so hard mm. that the poor little plants are struggling to get the roots through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I'm going to do exactly what we said not to do and pour some more seed back in here. But we can sow these a bit later and have run things. Yeah. Okay. So what seed are we going to go on to next? So let's go from from the, the going into pots to something that goes into the little bug trays. Mm -hmm. So we've got the bug trays. I'm just going to put these on the floor under the table for a minute and we'll yep. water them in a minute. So we've got a seed tray again. Mm -hmm. And this, so this this plug tray, this particular one, is in, I uh, believe without counting it's 50s or 60s. Yeah. Uh, and you've got individual sections for each plant, for those that are not so watching the, the video so and just if, listening. If they all germinated, um, you'd get 50 or 60 plants from that. Yes, okay. yeah, individual plants. Mm -hmm. And we're doing them individually because, again, back to the same idea we were saying about the runner beans, putting two or three in rather mm -hmm. than lots, you can just plant individual plants out rather than a, a mass and then pull them apart and, and damage yeah. roots as you're doing it. So all the seeds we've done up to now, in theory, could go in something like this? Yeah, runner beans could, and there's no reason why that. I'd go for a bigger hole than what's in this one. Yeah. Uh, these are more in the holes that then work for potting up into pots. Mm. Uh, runner beans, you know you're going to put them out in the garden. Yeah. You could put them in a tub of container, but you're going to put them in the area where it's going to make a big hole. Yeah. So I'd go for a bigger plant. Mm. They grow so quick as well, means you can hold on to them longer before you have to plant them out. Whereas this, what we're, we're putting in here is some tomatoes. Yeah. And so effectively, you've got more option to both pop them up into a a pot if you want yeah. to and then take them on longer or put them straight in the greenhouse or grow bag or something yeah. you've just got more options and yeah. tomato i don't believe needs as much area to get it started okay and people yeah. are quite short of heating area at the beginning of the year yeah because they these are going to need some heat to get going yeah they will so if you're going early if you're going to sow them more uh end of march april yeah you might get away with it more but ideally sow them earlier and then there's some heat because we're a couple of days from from february now so yeah we are and yeah. february traditionally is the coldest month uh, certainly in this area yeah it is oh i've opened the packet but yeah i've forgotten straight away i haven't got this oil in the, in the tray <laughs> so we just on. to reiterate we're using the same soil across all of these because people can get really yeah. uh, really bogged down in all these different types of soil that you can buy yeah. in online and in garden centres. So we're just using the same across all of these, um, partly because we know that from experience, but partly because it will work. Yeah, uh, I think you readily get hold of sea sowing compost, yeah. which you can do. In practice, I think the things we're sowing here you could put them straight in a multi-purpose. It will have more feed, but it won't have too much feed, I don't believe. But I certainly wouldn't go for the, the John in his mm. twos and threes, etc. Yeah. But uh, you go for a multi-purpose, uh, or if you want to be on the safe side, go for one of the actual seed sown compost. Okay. The advantage of seed sown compost, they might be a bit finer, so a bit easier to sow because there's less lumps in it. Especially if you look at smaller plugs, um, which I don't think you necessarily get from a um, from a domestic type growing point of view, but yeah. some of our plugs are really, really small. Yeah, they are. They yeah. are. Okay. So all I've done, as you can see with that, is just literally poured it in, leveled it off with it on my hand, yeah. and I'm back to me wet, smack it. 
shaking hands again. <laughs> so what we do, just so we don't ruin this, if I can pour these. So I'm gonna show you something else that we've made ourselves. Right. That that partly gets over your mucky hands and partly makes it easier to put individual seeds on one hole. Because if you put it in your hand, it's quite difficult then to pick out, when you get small seeds, individual seeds. Mm -hmm. So all I've done here is I've got a small piece of quite thin metal, mm -hmm. and I fold it into V-shape. Mm -hmm. So I make almost like a V-gutter. Yeah, it looks like the beginnings of a paper aeroplane. Yeah, it does, without the wings. Yeah. Exactly like that, yeah, good idea. Um, so then I can put the seed on that, not again too much seed, but you can sort of tap, tap the metal a little bit, but then get a screwdriver or a small lolly stick, anything that's small mm. that fits in, and then it's much easier to get hold of a seed so and you, just push it off the edge. So you're just pushing one seed individually along so you can then just place yeah. it in the center of the, this plug. Yeah, so in this little gutter, V-shaped, I can actually separate them individual seeds and I can just easily scrape them across one seed per hole. Mm -hmm. And I've, we found that much quicker and easier than trying to get, get them in your hand and then pull them out individually. Mm. And there's no reason why you couldn't do this with just a fairly stiff bit of cardboard. I suspect with a cereal packet, if you're not reusing it, a cereal packet and then just fold the cereal packet in half yeah. and, and just make a, effectively a V that can take the seed and it holds the seed mm. and then just push it down off the edge and you can see actually not very long I've sown several of them, I haven't counted but several. Uh, so 15 then? Yeah, yeah so just while we're chatting so it's much, and, it's, and there's no issue about getting one seed per tray. Okay so hole. these are these are a lot smaller than tomato seed this is roughly how big the tomato seeds are so these are these are a lot smaller than the seeds we've done up yeah. up to now. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do for covering for this? Again I think you're talking about a very low covering I think because the soil we happen to pick here is is fairly coarse. Yeah. What I might even do with these is just slightly push it down, so I just can't see it. I'm, when I say push it down, I'm a minute push. Mm -hmm. So I'm covering it so effectively. There's almost no covering over the top, just so you can't really see the seed, but it is under there. Yeah. And, and it wouldn't worry me personally, but some would say it would. Is if when I come to water it, I can slightly see a seed again. I wouldn't be over worried. Okay. Uh, especially if you're putting one of these little glasshouse type tops over the top to keep the moisture level up. And we're we're going to show um, how we do it on the nursery, which is in effect kind of the same process, just on a, a quicker, larger scale. Yeah. We would put vermiculite over, which people can get yeah. as well. Okay. And and we'll put vermiculite over the time because that actually helps keep the moisture up, and yet you can still see a bit of light through. Uh, so that's what we would do. And that would be better than what I've just done there, yeah. which is pushing it slightly with my finger. Okay. And I do stress only very slightly. And you yeah. did very, very yeah. slightly. Yeah. In fact, I can sort of, if you try hard, you can sort of still see it. Yeah, you can. But you that can. will be fine. Yeah. And actually with your half paper aeroplane or cereal packet type fold, you yeah. can pour them back in without having to touch them. Exactly. And as long as I haven't got your soil or anything in, in it with it, 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 then perfectly easy to use, you know, hmm. the next time. And actually when you say about perfectly easy to use the next time something like tomatoes in general yeah not commercially but at home they do one so in a year yeah 
Yeah, well, so, so yeah, and you could keep these seeds for next year probably, and you'd still be right for, for a year, maybe even a two, but certainly you could keep them for another year. Okay. I think the important thing about that and keeping them is make sure you fold your packet down as tight as possible mm. and then seal it up. I mean, if you've got a bag seal, it's perfect, but if not, just roll it enough times so the air can't get in and then put sellotape or something around it so that then that fold can't open and it'll keep your air tight. So it'll be moisture that will uh, cause issues for them next year. Yeah, and then moisture, then make sure you just store the whole packet somewhere cool and dry. But not cold, not a, a, a frosty, frosty area frosty. like a, a shed market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably in a, in a shed in a, you could either, I suspect you could have shed or, go, or a garage and put it in a cardboard box and you're probably unlikely to have stuff getting. <laughs> Your bigger issue with that would be more if mice get Yeah. Yeah, they do like seeds. <laughs> um, okay, so what's the, the last seed we're going to say? So I think the last seed is something that we don't personally do much ourselves. I'll just put this underneath on the ground again so we don't water it in a minute. Mm -hmm. The last seed is is what well, we've got parsley. It's often, I think, probably would know, people know it more known with something like carrots, mm -hmm. is what you call a seed drill. So we do a reasonable amount of parsley, but we don't sow it in this way. No, we sow it straight in pots again. Right. So we do it in pots. Uh, but you, no reason why you can't do it as a drill, mm -hmm. and that's the seed we got. We thought we'd demonstrate. Now we've got a tray here, yeah. uh, which effectively is in another seed tray again. Mm -hmm. If you're doing carrots, I wouldn't recommend you doing them in a seed tray. We've just done this because it's a means of, of simulating a garden soil. And actually, so I, how we're doing it. I did it. Yeah. Before I knew that we shouldn't, when I moved to the house I'm now in, we wanted to grow a vegetable patch. And I did loads in seed trays because that's what I was used to. Yeah. Um, and I did it and they were awful. Yeah. Well, no, you still could eat them, but you end up with loads of yeah. legs everywhere. I think I remember your daughter came back from school having done some, some of the little round ones that you can now get in carrots yes. in a tray. And, and that got away with that because yeah. that's fine because it only makes a very small root yeah but the normal carrot that goes straight down the root will get damaged when you try and move it yeah and let's face it we're when it comes to carrots when you buy in the supermarket they shouldn't be as fussy as they are but the reality is if you grow them at home you want a nice long straight yeah, carrot because you you'll be proud of it yeah, you do. exactly <laughs> yeah. you do okay you do, you do. Uh, and effectively a seed drill so with the parsley we are saying there's no reason why you couldn't do in a seed tray like this and grow them in a seed tray like this and stay with it yeah but I'm using my finger. If you're in the garden, you'd probably use a hoe or yep. a, a piece of wood or an implement of some yep. sort. And a drill is where you just effectively pull out a slight, I don't know why I would call it a trench because it's not deep enough for a trench. No, but it's a sort of trench-like. Yeah, yeah, it's trench-like. Um, in this particular case where I've got parsley, I'm only doing it again probably about uh, five millimetre deep in ideal. I bet I'm deeper than that in some places, but that's the aim. And so it's just effectively a lined, straight line. Yeah. Um, in this seed tray, we're talking about the length of a ruler, just literally uh, a slight trench. And then with this one, you know, I get the packet open. So with this with the seed, I am going to use um, my metal V-shaped thing again, mm -hmm. just because it's slightly easier. Yeah. Um, put, I'll put the seed out in, in the bottom of the V, and I'm not going to worry too much about the screwdriver because I'm not looking for individual seeds. I'm looking for just to put a fairly even length of seed uh, all the way along the trench. Mm -hmm. And I find with this V I've made, I can have the seed in the bottom, 
I can adjust the angle where I'm holding it from one hand, yeah. and I can just slightly tap it with a finger on the of the other hand, which just vibrates it enough, and I can just get a fairly even spread of seed all around the hole. So you just scatter them, scatter them yeah. down. You're not yeah. worried about uh, some are really close to each other, others aren't. Actually, they're all relatively close to each other. Yeah, yeah. Parsley, not worrying slightly. If I was doing carrots, I'd do it a little bit thinner. I've done here, but not that. Yeah. You often with carrots, you do it like this, and then when they start coming up, you'll thin them out by pulling out some carrots, so you end up with space around some, uh, uh, and then just reduce the number you have. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. So, all the stuff sewn. Yeah. Um, and in fact, you've done this drill. Sorry, we should say. What do you do now? You just leave it like that? Oh, sorry, I, I should have said you're right. You slightly cover it, and then that's it, done. I say it done. The one thing that is always fatal and you always <laughs> forget to do is stick a label in it. Yeah. So Particularly then, in the garden. Particularly in the garden. So you come back and do your next drill. So you do your onion carrots, run out of time, come back and do your radishes or something, and forget where your carrots were and just put your radishes straight over the top of your carrots. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so make sure you stick a label in where you put Yeah. So everything's sown, everything's in the soil and, and ready to go. What what would happen next or be the next stage? Just watering. Okay. Um, at this stage, they, they've all go, after watering, they're going to go somewhere in the heat, but effectively just watering. Okay. So I'm going to pick up these seeds because, like we said, moisture yeah. is a bit of a problem. And we'll get them right out of the way. And I think. Clear the desk enough so we can get the, all the ones I put underneath back on. And I think actually, the not to get too sort of critical about the particular type of watering can this one isn't actually quite right i think when i water yeah, yeah. it's going to be a little bit coarse yeah um so if you can get a fine rose and when i say rose if that's the thing that goes on the end of the watering can not a plant well it is a plant but in this case isn't um then it is slightly easier to water Finally. It is. I think basically we tend to use hoses and roses on the other hoses. Yeah. We don't use watering cans much, and this is a very old one, and the rose is a bit in less good condition than we'd like to see. <laughs> when you say, oh, it's got insulating tape around the side just to hold it together. Yeah, it has, exactly. <laughs> yes, it has. Okay. So there's much more a droplet rather than what you want is a fine mist or fine spray. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Thank you. We just got to go and pop in heat somewhere. So now we're here in looking at the the commercial side of sowing, what, how we actually sow the seeds that we have for sale. So what have we got here? So here we've got a uh, uh, organic seed, a Hamilton in practice. Uh, basically, the plant trays you'll see will come through from here. Belt keeps driving it through. The seed is in the top here. Uh, that has to be vibrated for it to be able to pick it up. This. Pot. This piece here will dip down and pick up the seeds. They, the seed then gets dropped down tubes that are on this side. You can just about see the side holes from the side you are. And as they drop down the, the tubes, the tray comes under here and the seeds drop into the individual holes as it goes through. And what's, what's the noise I can hear? 
The noise you can hear at the moment is compressor because this is run uh, largely over compressed air. Uh, the noise that you'll be able to hear in a minute is the uh, vibrator which vibrates uh, the seed. We've got that turned off at the moment because that's hard to hear me talk as well at the same time as that. And as, um, just as it goes through for people that are listening on the podcast rather than watching the video, you've got this sort of knobbly, almost looks like a back massager that the, the tray's going under first. Yeah, so the, the trays has got, uh, we're back into the individual trays where you've got uh, around 100 or so holes, cells in each tray. And as the, the, the trays come through as tray filler, which is filled the soil so it's level to the top. What this knobbly bit is that you're talking about is effectively that has got knobbles. It's got it's got bumps at the right position. So as the tray goes under, it puts a slight indent in the top of each cell, so that the seed goes into a slight indent. So that then when we cover the seed later, it's got somewhere to go. So it's not all sitting very much on a level surface. And does that help it sit more in the centre? It does. It does. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And when it starts running, because obviously I've heard this this run several times, it's relatively noisy. It makes a, but certainly from a uh, a regular movement it makes quite a satisfying noise so let's let's hear let's set that off for a second so in terms of the actual movement that was you, you'll be able to see it dibble it's a bit like a dibble dibble a hole in the top of the tray and you'll see this turn at the same time so as it goes over because it's the first tray through it's slightly missed its position but you see it's then put a slight dent in the top so in the top here instead of being completely level there's now a very slight dent in the top of each hole. So now we're going to put it through, you can hear the vibrating, uh, it's nice and loud, the seeds are jumping up and down, and we're going to put it through the process where the seed actually goes into the plug. Yes, basically. So you'll be able to see from this side it can out the seed slightly, and then when you come around the other side you'll see it dropping down into the plug. You've got, just here you've got the, the pins where it's picking the seed up and then you can see the tray where it's now got all the seeds dropping on. You inevitably get the odd one that's missed and I've potentially, because it's the first tray through, I've not set it up quite right, so they're not all quite central. So it always takes a few trays to actually go through to get it so that it's working properly. Um, and it takes quite a lot of fiddling around just to get a setting so you get as good a seed as you'd like. And this second tray you got through already. So turn that vibrator off. So the second tray that you can has come through already, you can already see the difference between the first one and the second one. The first one, there's a few missed seeds. There's seeds that are sitting slightly on the edge of the plug hole. Whereas in the second one, there's much more seed that's in exactly the right central part. And in a quick glance in this tray, out of the probably 150, I can only see three, a quick glance of missed seeding. And that was, that took, uh, what did that take, 10, 15 seconds to go Not long at all, yeah, I mean, yes. In that period we've talked about, we've messed around with it, we stopped a little bit, but effectively we've just sown about 120, sorry, 240, 240 seeds in that period. Okay, and in essence, that's just a quicker version of what you do at home, it's no yep. different. 
No, exactly, exactly. All that machine is doing is picking up one seed. We talked earlier about doing it by hand, by getting one seed, it's a problem with that. This just picks up AC uh, and it's just putting it down in the right place. Okay, and then when oh. it comes to covering? So after we've put the seed through, we talked about earlier about covering. So this machine here, you've one we've actually developed ourselves. Uh, so this one, you can see there's a lever here that it'll switch. And as it switches, it'll turn a rotating of a, a, of a roller here that's got grooves in it and it'll drop the seeds. This can be changed to speed so you can alter the very thickness of covering. But you get a very even covering. And what's that putting on top of the, the plant? Uh, and that's a bit of a mix you like going on top there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's as simple as that and then it will go off the same as everything, it'll just be watered? It is. We're watering at hand by it at the moment because there's a slight fault on this that we've got to fix. Effectively, this part of the machine would normally water the plug tray as well. So when it comes off the other end, it's actually sewn covered and watered. Okay, so we've done all the sewing uh, and through that whole process, probably without knowing it, we spoke about some stuff that uh, are terms that we use every day yeah. that people might not know or they're terms people come across and can't quite understand. Yeah. Specifically when it comes to sewing, I think the first thing we start with is chitting, which <laughs> you have to be very, very careful how you say it. Comes up a lot with potatoes, but it's yep. uh, it's equally relevant for seeds. Yep. So how, how would we describe chitting? Well, I'd describe chitting when effectively you've got the first part, so the seed splits open with the moisture and it's starting to grow. And you've got that first bit where the seed's splitting open and it's starting to, you can still see the slight sign of a, a root probably first yep. coming out of the seed. So and that's what I call chitting. So it's right at the, what I'd class it, right at the beginning of when it's actually started germinating and really, really evident with potatoes because the majority of people would have seen that when they've accidentally left the potato in the yeah, bottom of the cupboard, yeah, you start yeah. seeing a sprout. So that that's what chitin yeah, is, it which is, is spelled to see. Yeah. And I'd call, I, I'd class potatoes, is when you see the sprout coming up so much, it's a lot further than what I'd also class chitin. It's a renowned that, but in, with seeds, it's often, a, a, you see it almost a more minute stage where it's yeah. literally just starting. So you know that the seeds actually don't come. Okay. Um, and another one that um, we don't do much of, um, but people will be potentially doing in their garden is broadcast sowing, which yeah. <laughs> sounds like you, you've got your camera. Broadcast is not dissimilar to how we did the um, drill, yeah. where you're effectively spreading a range of seed. I think broadcasting is, is the main word of broadcasting is when you effectively you've got a lot in your hand mm -hmm. and you're just spreading it around. You'd broadcast grass seed. Yep. If you're sowing grass seed, you'd have a lot in your hand, for instance, and you just spray it around with your hand yeah. and you're spraying it around enough to broadcast it everywhere. Yeah. So you're just spreading it. Okay, excellent. Um, another one is thinning out. Um, so what with a lot of stuff that we grow, you wouldn't do that, but um, it comes to mind with things like carrots. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that is... It is effectively, you've got, with carrots, for example, you've got a row of carrots, you've put too many seeds in, yeah. because that's what you tend to do when you're sowing. Yeah. Uh, if you leave them there, you'll have lots and lots of tiny little skinny carrots at mm -hmm. best, and you want maybe one big carrot. Yeah. So if you've got uh, an area of about 25 centimetres, mm -hmm. you might have lots and lots of seeds, lots and lots of little plants come up. You're, you're removing plants to take it down to maybe one plant. 
in the area you want to get so the carrot's got enough space to produce the carrot. So if you picture with carrot the size carrot you're looking for, you're making sure one carrot has got enough space around it yeah. and it's not competing against 20 others. Yeah, okay. Because uh, you end up with loads of weak ones rather than one good one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and one that we use a lot, I don't think we use in uh, while we're doing the doing the video of, of sewing, um, but damping off. Um, I think, I've certainly seen that mentioned online. Um, I think that's something people might come across and not understood. So what do we know that? I, I think damping off, we, we <laughs> technically it's botrytis, pythium, things like that. Mm. Uh, but, but effectively in, in layman's terms, it's rotting. Yeah. It's where potentially a little bit of disease is going or something, but the actual plant is starting rotting. It often comes if you've got it too humid, mm -hmm. too wet, too damp. Uh, if you get too cold, more tend to get it. So yeah. if you if as it starts germinating and coming up, you want to let it dry out a bit. You don't want it too wet. You you still want to keep it fairly warm. Yeah. If you've still got one of the glasshouse tops on it, you might want to take that off so it's got a lot more air. Yeah. Air movement's good to stop it. Yeah. Uh, but it's effectively rotting. Okay. Excellent. And lastly, and not to get really technical about it, um, but a a broad idea. Um, we the tomato we sowed there was yep. an F1. Yeah. Um, and we will often, especially things like tomatoes, um, we will often pick F1s. Um, so not get too technical about it because it can get very, very technical. But F1, why why is that a good thing? It's where where they've bred two different plants together yeah. to make a better one. Yeah. So there's something about the plants that, that in bringing them together, you you benefit. It might be sweeter flavor, it might be a shorter, bushier plant, mm. it can be more flowering, all sorts of things. Uh, and so it's to improve it. The, the other the issue about F1 is you often get a bigger plant, a better plant, yeah. but if you're someone that wants to save your seed and use your seed next year, so you, you tomato, you yeah. grow a tomato, you have lots of fruit to eat, yeah. you then dry some seed at the end and reuse it next year. Yeah. If it's an F1, it won't necessarily come true to what it was, so you're not necessarily going to get what you thought you yeah. had last year. <laughs> if it's a, a standard straight variety, open pollinated just to make completely what yeah. I say, but if it's a standard variety that's not F1, mm -hmm. and you'll always have F1 on the seed packet, yeah. then you could save it and have it next year, and it'd be yeah. the same. And we, as a, as a grower, yeah. will often choose F1s because we've got X amount of space so we've got this much space this seed tray space and we want to sow it and we want to get as many plants as we can for the heat and the, the labour cost etc uh, they tend to germinate better it's not always the case yeah. but they tend to tend to germinate better and they tend to be better plants yeah. there's this advantage of why they've made them F1s and bred them in the first place yeah. is to improve them and the ones that haven't worked and haven't improved you tend not to get them anyway so, so we tend in general terms you'll get a better plant from F1. There are varieties that everyone knows that you've liked for years that yeah. aren't F1s and that's fine. But in, as a general concept, they're better. Yeah, excellent. Thank you for joining us on the Plants and Me podcast. We'll be back soon. If you can't get enough of all things plant-related, pop over to plants-uk.co.uk. And if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us. 